Lock and load. This is the Brothers in Arms Fully Automatic Podcast. Brought to you by MajorLeagueShooters.com. You'll hear about two brothers that shared their journey to gun ownership, giving you their fully automatic perspective about ownership, safety, accuracy, laws, news, and everything in between firearm related. Lock and load, the range is hot. All right, let's do this. This is Brothers in Arms, fully automatic. Welcome to the Brothers in Arms Fully Automatic Podcast. I'm your big little brother. And I'm your little big brother. In this episode, we'll share our initial path to gun ownership. Lock and load. The range is hot. So today's first question, what path did you take to gun ownership? There's a lot of different ways to get involved with guns. And there's no right or wrong. Well, I guess some could argue there's a wrong way, but generally, <laughs> you know, generally there's no right or wrong way to get involved with guns. Depend, you know, just because you choose one lane doesn't mean that it's wrong if you choose another lane. Um, but what what was your path to gun ownership? What was your experience like? Wow, that's a loaded question for me. Um Damn, the the path that I took to gun ownership is probably not the usual path that you see, but um, you know, I took my time kind of figuring out, you know, what was the 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 best way for me, and and for me, I needed to um kind of learn a lot about firearms, the law, um that governs firearms, the laws that govern firearms. Excuse me. And essentially, um, you know, formally speaking, I got involved with guns through training online, watching YouTube, right? I watched a lot of different people, um, no shameless plugs here, but there's a lot of, a lot of good information when I first got started from, from people that were way more experienced than me that had experience with not just guns, ammo, um, you know, targets, uh, accessories, just overall, just a, a, you know, there was, there was maybe five or six different sources that you could really go to on a normal basis and kind of see what was going on, whether it was reloading, whether it was, you know, laws that were, um, you know, hot topics at the time. But um, my path was really like a, a, a self-routed path through the Internet. And, you know, I chose to kind of look and see, well, what's the laws in my in my state? What's the laws in my city? Um, and then from there, it became, all right, well, how do I get involved with um, owning a gun? I've got to kind of uh, take care of some things that that, you know, the paperwork first and foremost. Right. So getting the paperwork in order was very important for me first and foremost. So I studied a lot of that and, um, you know, reached out to different people that I knew that were in the guns and, and asked them what their opinion was on how I should go about it. So they directed me to, you know, the governing body in my state 
Um, and then I started to kind of look at what that application process was like. Um, and then I just applied. And, and once I applied for, let's say, um, my first purchase, right? Because I, I was like, well, all right, I'm going to buy a firearm, but I've got to, you know, find an FFL. And I've got, when I say apply, I mean kind of fill out the paperwork that's necessary to do the legal background check and the, um, you know, the next background check. Um, to get a firearm legally. And once I had done my homework, that was my next step. It was like, okay, I'm going to contact my local place um, that I want to use to to purchase a firearm and find out what their process is. Um, and once I figured out what their process was, um, I headed down to my local shop, filled out the appropriate paperwork, and um, waited on my delivery to arrive. And when I got my first gun, um, you know, waiting on that background check was like it was like waiting on a baby to be born <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> you like you sitting there like shit don't get a denial I don't want to delay I want this thing today I want to go to the range and I'm gonna shoot you know what I'm saying the best groups anybody's ever seen but um you know being that excited you you know it felt like forever and a day waiting on that Knicks to come back and when it was clear it was like wow that's great and for all of you who don't know what Knicks are um, you know, the NICS in, in the state that I live in um, basically is a federal background check that allows um, the government to make sure that the right people um, are allowed to have a firearm for protection or for whatever reason um, legally. And um, you can't have anything, you know, in your background that shows that that uh, you shouldn't have a firearm. So they check that before they allow a gun to be released to you. And that was just really my path. It was doing some homework online, finding a local place that was close to me, going down and figuring out their process and filling, filling out their paperwork, and then essentially waiting for that baby to be born. <laughs> what about you? What, what was your path? Uh, what path did you take to really uh, you know, get into gun ownership? How did you get your first gun? Well, I think it was kind of thrust in my lap. As I told you, you know, I, I think I explained that I walked into a gun shop and realized <laughs> it was a different world. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, you know how, like, some people's just drawn to the streets? <laughs> like, it just be calling them? Yeah, yeah. Like, Poopy. this was just, it was no way I was just going to walk back out and resume my life. After <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute, this is a thing? This is an option? I can explore this? Right. So, that was the first step right there. I was hooked. As soon as I saw that there was, you know, there was a, a lane for me to pursue recreationally or whatever without being labeled a criminal, I was like, oh, I'm in here. Right. Um, in my state, it, they make it very easy for you to get involved with, with owning a gun. In fact, you don't even have to have a permit or a carry permit or you know, any kind of license or anything like that. If you're 21 years old and you don't have any felonies, you just go and buy a gun and they do your background check, which everybody seems to think that there's like this misconception that just because you don't need some kind of special permit or whatever, that you're getting it too easy. Right. But this background check that they do is the background check that everybody claims they want. Right, federal background check through the FBI, then ATF, 
And if you have any prior felonies or um, like even if you're domestic violence, you know, I think that bars you from being able to um, possess a weapon. If you got a, a um, what's those things called where you got a piece of paper on you that stops you from <laughs> from doing seeing somebody? Order protection. Order protection. Um, you can't own a gun. Um, there's there's, a, there's quite a few. If you've been a you know adjudicated mentally defective or you know whatever the terminology they use, mentally disabled, they um, you know prevent you from having a, a weapon. So all of those things you gotta align with, and there's a database, right? I'm sure it's not perfect, but it's what everyone wanted and it's what we got. Right. So, you know, you go through this this background check and you can be a gun owner as long as you come back clear. And it's pretty instant. I mean, generally, there's no waiting time. You, they type your name and information in and, you know, sometimes it'll take a day or so or whatever. And I think the rule is, at least in my state, if it doesn't clear within three days, they have to give it to you. So when you say clear, what do you mean? that you've come back as a perfect candidate for someone who can own a gun. You, you don't have anything that came up on your background and you're clear to go and possess this weapon gotcha. and purchase it. So, yeah, so, you know, uh, I lose my mind in the gun shop one day. I go and shoot a couple of times. Now, my thing is, right, like it, I, got, I went down a few different rabbit holes really early because I went and shot this gun on that day and, and really lost my mind and I think I'd say maybe within a month I bought my first gun but the gun that I bought unbeknownst to me so you you <laughs> you a homework doer <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my homework the way I was supposed to and I went and bought a, Harry. yeah I went and bought a gun that has some of the most expensive ammunition so I go to the range and I shoot my box of 50 and lose my mind again, like bang, 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 bang. And I'm done. I'm done like five minutes. <laughs> right. And I got to go and buy some more, some more ammo. And this is way before ammo costs crazy money. Right. And I go back to the, to the, to the, to the store and 50 box of 44 Magnums is almost $50. Right. Almost a dollar a shot. That's crazy. Right. You know? Um, so I quickly realized I wouldn't be able to afford to shoot this gun. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way I really want to, you know what I mean? So right. I got quickly into reloading ammunition because that afforded me to be able to shoot the gun. So um now now before you get too far into that, let me let me let me back up just a little bit. You said that when you got into it. You, you were in this gun shop and you lost your mind. When you say you lost your mind, you're not like just bugging out like beyond control, but it's something that stimulated you to a place where you were like, yo, this is for me. Is that, is that right. accurate to say? I think, I, I think yes, but I think it, in a more exaggerated sense, <laughs> <laughs> I lost my mind. I was like, this is an option? Are you yeah. kidding me? They've been hiding this from me. <laughs> I felt bamboozled. Right, right. Swindled. <laughs> Let them up, run them up, run them up. <laughs> I felt like this should have been an option, an outlet for me all my life. <laughs> right, right, right. So once I once I got access to it, you know, I really had a lot of fun with it. I caught up quick, um, and you know, the natural progression for me was to carry right. And in order to carry, now you have to go and ask for permission and fill out some paperwork and get documented and get a permit for concealed carry in my state. Gotcha. 
So I had to, you know, go and figure out that process because it, it definitely varies from state to state. Yeah. So for everybody that's listening, you know, um, all our listeners that checked us out in our inaugural episode, our last episode was the the, the first episode where we covered a bunch of things and kind of introduced ourselves. And we want to welcome you back and um, thank you for coming through again. But, um, you know, this this gun journey that both of us have taken has demonstrated that you can come from all walks of life and really, you know, uh, learn new things and get involved with new things that are really like, you know, anything that stimulates you, you know, it can change at different times. So, you know, we were what, you know, in the sports and the different uh, 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 music, you know, and then found our way to guns and everybody's got a different path. So. You know, our unique path, we, we feel like if we share that with our followers and listeners, you, you can find uh, something you relate in each part of it. But in hindsight, what considerations would have been real beneficial to know prior to being a gun owner? That's a good question. I think... For me, it would have been good to know that just buying a gun don't mean you're not going to spend some more money. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's addicting, man. It's like you buy one. It's like those chips. You can't just get one, right? It ain't even just buying more guns. It's like, what about a safe? You know what I mean? How you can store it? If you carry it, how you going to carry it? You need a holster now. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what you just got one magazine or two magazines, depending on what it came with. Maybe, maybe right. you want four or five magazines. So, it, it's just you real you you find things to spend money on. You to to like if you got a little gun itch, then you know you want to kind of you you just wind up getting stuff, man. It, it just it's not even a choice in the matter. You're gonna get stuff. So now, so now for me, in hindsight, I think that. If I would have considered how much research that I did, um, there wasn't a lot left for me to consider. You know what I'm saying? Because when when I started to think about firearms from a perspective where it gained my interest, I wanted to first know everything I could possibly learn on my own that would allow me to do it legally um, so that I could be on the right side of the line. That was first and foremost. That was super important for me. It was super important that I represented the right way of how um, someone possesses a way to protect themselves. And so I studied laws. I studied, you know, my local laws, the state laws, the national laws, the reciprocity laws. You know, I was memorizing stuff that I was like, well, I want to know this offhand because if I if I find myself in a situation where I have to ultimately utilize my firearm to protect myself, my family, or um, you know, my my property, I want to make sure that I I'm I'm a hundred percent on the right side of the line, and and that was very important. So my research initially um, didn't leave a lot of room for error at all, but. If there was something that 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 could have been beneficial, it would have been just what you said. Somebody telling me, "Hey, listen, once you get into this thing, legal, it shouldn't you know matter at all because everybody that possesses a gun, you know, should deserve. Everybody deserves the right, in my opinion, to 
defend themselves. And so whatever that means to you, that's what it means to me, you know, when, when it comes to freedom. So I didn't think for one second that I could just walk into a, a Walmart and purchase a shotgun or a rifle. Um, but that was a total thing. And when I, when I researched, okay, what do I need to do to do that? Because that's what piqued my interest when I'm walking through the sporting section and, 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 and granted they should pay us for us saying that, but I'm just saying the general places that you see people go to, um, I'm thinking, yo, where I come from, people get in trouble playing with these things. So I want to make sure that everything that comes with this, I'm aware of. In hindsight, I wish I would have known that once I got involved in it, I was going to be um, deep in the bank account funding it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good process to go through, I think. Well, I think it's important to to kind of ask those questions. What else might I be missing? What else might be important for me to know before I go down this road? Or what might be a little, you know, help me in this journey? Or what might hinder me? Right. right. Um, and and that's just one thing I wish I'd have known is that, hey, buddy, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to wind up spending more money than just this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The same thing happened to me when I got into motorcycles, man. It, it became a very expensive hobby. And that's what people should know that if you want to shoot, it's not inexpensive to shoot. And even if you take up, you know, reloading, it's still not going to be inexpensive. You're just going to have more ammo to shoot because you're going to spend that money. Well, more importantly, right? Like a lot of people might just be thinking, hey, I'm going to buy this gun and just keep it for protection. I don't have to shoot, but that's so wrong. Oh my God. How many people do so many people I know do that? Yeah, they just put it in the nightstand, never use it, probably never broke it in, never, never fired a few shots or only fired a few shots just no, to make sure I, it works. I don't, they put it in a safe and lock it in a closet. Yeah. I mean, you got to be proficient with it, you got to shoot it. It's not like riding a bike. So no, for, for those of you who don't know, riding a bike, you can you can learn how to ride a bike and you can put it down for 20 years and come in contact with a bike, get on it, you're going to still be able to ride a bike. Shooting is not the same. It's a skill and it will, you know, wither away if you don't use it. It's almost like basketball, like free throws. It's like basketball right. baseball. It's like any right. sport. You got to you gotta keep practicing, honing that skill. You got to make sure that you at least you know, maintain a certain level of proficiency, even if just once a month you go and just make sure you can hit a person sized target effortlessly. Like that's not hard to do and maintain a, a box of 50 to do that and make sure you could just put some bullets in a, in a, in a center mass of a person sized target. That's relatively easy for the average person to do. Right. Right. No, that's, that's a hundred percent correct, man. That's a great point. Um, and that point, I say this, when I started to do that, when I started to go to the range, I realized quickly that the firearm I chose to purchase, right, it wasn't perfect. You know what I'm saying? I was I was pretty okay at shooting it, and I could certainly, you know, put together a, a, a man-stopping group, let's say that, right? But very quickly I realized when I looked over the stall, right? Cause anybody who's ever been to the range and for anyone who hasn't, when the first, when, when you actually start going to the range, you start 
um, kind of interacting with this culture, you're going to notice that it is super hard not to look at the next guy's um, target in, in the lanes to your right and left <laughs> if you have it, right? So anybody who's been at the range knows, yo, I'm peeking over there. I'm looking to see, yo, can that dude shoot better than me? Is that mm-hmm. girl shooting better? Oh, damn, that's a teenage girl with her dad. She's shooting better than me? Mm-hmm. And you tighten your groups up. You're, you know, you might pull your, your – some suckers might pull a uh, uh, target a little closer and try to shoot a better group, but <laughs> that's cheating. Keep it at the same distance, right? But neither here nor there. I'm just playing. You go and you notice, yo, this gun is not perfect, right? You you start to shoot it for a while and you notice this trigger's got a little hitch in it, right? Um, I can't quite put that bullet exactly where I want. I can put it round about where I want, but not exactly, exactly where I want. But those um, are all things, those are those are other things that people might want to know beforehand that are considerations, you know what I mean? Like the fact that the trigger might feel different than you really want, or that there's different feeling triggers that, that right. feel, feel better than others. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't think about that before I had a firearm. I just thought you need- pull the trigger, it goes bang. It's that. Nah, there's triggers that facilitate better shooting. Wow. Yeah. If I'd have known that beforehand, I, w- I would have maybe tried to check it out. Like people go to the store and they, you know, you buy Gucci or you might take your car and go get a new system or put rims or get tint on it. Or, you know, it's kind of the same thing when when you get a firearm, you realize that, OK, I like it because I bought it, but I could make it even better. So then people start to look at it. Well, I did. I start to look at it and say, I want to change some things about this for the better. And what can I do? And not get out of bounds, right? Because there's some things that you don't want to do to your gun. We're not um, encouraging anybody to go and do your own gunsmithing. Find find a you know a professional if you want to make um, some improvements to your firearm. But we're just talking about you know things that we saw, things that we did. And and for me, I felt like yo this gun could be better. And I started to look at different things I can add to it or take away from it. <laughs> It's funny um, that you it's funny that you say that. That brings us to our next question. What accessories do you feel helped your development or would have furthered you along in your development had you known ooh, about it? Ooh, you your mother. Yeah, That's I am question. <laughs> why, why is that a good question? Because um <laughs> I mean when you talk about like just improving in 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 this we we already said it's something you have to do in order to remain good at it or at least proficient right but the more you do it if you're doing the right things you get better at it so you want to add things that make you you more proficient meaning your your aim is better you know you're able to 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 control the situation a lot better to control the firearm control the bullets control your groups for me, I thought about accessories like this. If I could get a better trigger, because we were talking about triggers, and one of the first accessories I saw was a trigger by a company that made your trigger one lighter, which means that the lighter your trigger, the less disruption you have to your sight picture, which is what you see when you're looking down your sights at your target. And you notice really quickly that when you shoot, there's some disruption no matter who you are to that site picture. What, so, you mean, what do you mean disruption? 
explain that to me when you you're looking at the gun and you're trying to look at the picture you're aiming yes what do you mean disruption so your hand might shake a little bit you might breathe and your head might bob just a slight tad bit a micro a micro inch or, or so <laughs> it doesn't doesn't matter the slightest movement just breathing let's just say just breathing will change where your eyes sit on that firearm so I noticed that pretty early because I could shoot three shots, two shots, maybe really good, very close to each other. But around the fourth shot, when I got excited, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, yeah, boy, I'm shooting good and everybody can see it. <laughs> your breath changes, your posture changes, you know, holding a two and a half pound gun in the air begins to stress maybe your arms your forearms your wrists your your thumbs your your your, your shoulders something you know you you start to have to compensate mm-hmm. if you do it long enough right so for me the accessories that felt like made the difference because the trigger felt like it, you know some guns i picked up it was easier right and when when i pulled the trigger it was pretty simple it was it was smoother and it just felt different but I would notice that I would shoot better on a trigger what, that what, was a on, on a weight. trigger that was heavier or lighter. Lighter, lighter. So, so my gun didn't move as much because the trigger didn't force me to press it as hard. So I wasn't disrupting anything. Fun um, fact. Fun fact. Yeah. The average police officer's trigger poundage is about 13 to 16 pounds. Wow. So I mean, it takes it takes that amount of weight in pounds to make the trigger go bang. Wow. The average um, civilian's gun trigger poundage is five to eight pounds, generally. Yeah, I was going to say seven pounds, six, seven pounds, but yeah, that, that's right. Right, so the average M&P, Glock, uh, Springfield, those are going to be around four and a half, five pounds, six pounds on the heavy end. And we're talking pistols or we're talking? We're talking pistols. And the average revolver is about 13 pounds. Damn. Double action pull. If you do the single action pull, it's usually much lighter. But the regular long trigger pull on a revolver is about 13 pounds. So, so more than a box of sugar, you would need to put more pressure on a trigger to fire a gun more than a, a, a a bag of sugar pretty much yeah and well, and you know when you well, start lightning you just can't like bump into it and it's gonna bang shoot somebody right, right? can't even just drop it and it's gonna go bang right there's there's a, a deliberate amount of pressure that has to be made that's a good that's a good thing for our people to understand yeah that's dope what accessories did um did you think about getting first and foremost to improve your shooting development. Um, um, I think once I started shooting speed loaders, because I had a revolver. Uh huh. And um, once I got proficient with shooting, the next step is to you know like get proficient pulling it out the holster, get proficient reloading. Um, getting proficient pulling out of the holster and pointing and aiming it. 
where you're going to point and aim it at the same spot, right? Like, I didn't realize that in order to be proficient, you just got to practice those things. You got to do that over and over and over again. Right. Um, so for me, I think it would have been, had I, had I been able to buy a gun that had a holster and extra speed loaders, that would have helped me along, I think. So, so before you continue, um, tell our listeners exactly what speed loaders are and how, how, um, that accessory is, is useful. Well, if you think of the average pistol, right, that has a magazine or like, as they say in the movie, a clip, right, where you <laughs> load the gun, but the, the proper nomenclature, the way that you, you accurately call it, it's called a magazine and you put bullets in the magazine and you put the magazine in the gun. So if you think of a revolver, which doesn't have a magazine, um, it has a cylinder that you open up and you put the bullets in individually. But they have a contraption that you can load so that when you you can load your revolver faster, it okay. allows you to essentially have a magazine, quote unquote, for your revolver, where okay. normally it doesn't have a magazine. It has a it has it has what's called speed loaders. And it, without those, you wouldn't have you'd have to do it individually. So, so it's it the helps, closest thing you, to a magazine. So what you're saying is it helps you load them one by one faster. No, it helps you load them all together faster. Otherwise, you'd have to load them one by one. Ah, so so it's essentially allowing you to have a, a, a clip, so to speak, on a revolver. Correct. That's dope. Correct. And, and a lot of people don't realize you can have that, right? So, like, if one of the biggest um, knocks against revolvers is that it's, it doesn't, you know, it takes too long to reload. Right. Once you get, if you can get proficient doing this, then you can significantly cut down that reload time. Got you, got you, got you. Um, so, so if uh, a speed loader, because your so your first firearm was a revolver, then. Yes. Okay, why'd you choose a revolver? It called me. <laughs> They called me. I, I, listen, I was in a, in a shop full of guns, and for some reason, that one said, "I'm for you. Pick me up." <laughs> nice. In nice. fact, I, I think I asked for it by name. Let me see that. <laughs> nice. And and honestly, that's like it was probably the stupidest thing that I've ever done. Like, you, no one buys their first gun. And it's a forty-four Magnum revolver. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing. Yeah, you know, he walked in the store, said, "I want the cannon with the fuse <laughs> yeah. in the back." I, that that was my first gun. I said, "Listen, I want a bazooka. You got a bazooka? I want a, ba- a bazooka with a cylinder. You got a bazooka with a cylinder? I need I, that." I definitely don't recommend the average person. <laughs> Dope, dope. Now nah, that's a hell of a big gun to have as your first firearm, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a lot more in um in some of our other episodes because you did some crazy things with that thing, yeah, um, some stuff that normal people would not even think of doing. So I think I'm gonna hi- I'm gonna hold on to that one. I'm not gonna give <laughs> to that one. That's gonna be a good episode when we talk about that. Bringing this episode to a close, man. We appreciate everybody that checked in and um, 
and uh, check our second episode now. Go get your own accessories. Go check and see what's going to be your next upgrade. Um, our website, www.MajorLeagueShooters.com. Your number one spot for accessories. We want you to come check us out. If we don't have something there that you need, hit us on the inbox, on the DM. Let us know. We can actually um, make some special orders if you need and um, get you what, you what you're looking for. Um, and if we can't, we'll definitely make sure we point you in the right direction. But we appreciate y'all all um, signing off. The range is clear. You've been listening to the Brothers in Arms Fully Automatic Podcast. Brought to you by MajorLeagueShooters.com. Your number one source for gun parts and accessories. You can join us every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hear us on all the major podcast platforms. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook at Major League Shooters and on Instagram at Major underscore League Shooters. See you next time.